Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of Stand Up for the Truth. Another great topic, another excellent guest. I can't wait to get to Pastor Steve Smotherman. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another opportunity to talk about things that matter. We pray for your heart to be revealed and for Christians, believers, to be encouraged in Christ. And God, please lift up the spirits of those who are feeling down and hopeless, those struggling with anxiety. And Father, we ask that you encourage their hearts today, but at the same time, challenge them with the truth from your word. And please uh, just uh, give us what we need one day at a time. We lift up this day to you. We thank you so much for the free speech and the freedoms we have still one day at a time in America. Uh, we love you, Lord, and we lift up this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we are Amen. blessed to have Pastor Steve Smotherman back. He's the senior pastor of Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's an author and speaker, and of course, he's been one of my favorite recent guests over the last year, uh, because you'll get to the topic and you know exactly why. He's, got, uh, he's ministering in four campus locations at Legacy Church, local TV. He and his wife, Cynthia, have three children and eight grandkids. And from what I understand, Steve, you've been there as pastor for 18 years. Is that correct? Actually, 19 years as of January 6th. Wow, 19 years. Big 20 next year. You have, a, have to have a big bash next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be glad if God doesn't fire me, if he just keeps me let, letting me keep working. So oh, man. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time to be with us on another podcast because you are involved in a battle there in New Mexico. So there's a lot of topics I want to get to today. Um, uh, religious freedom, always a big one. The COVID restrictions, what's happening with the church, but also the censorship, which is really like kind of like a step toward communism that's happening with our the media and, and everything else in our society. We're Christians and conservatives, believers and disciples of Jesus are are waking up, I think. But maybe it's too late. We'll get to that in a minute. But you have been battling your governor, and I believe it was Christmas uh, service you did, and the New Mexico, Mexico governor, Michelle Grisham, banned Christians from corporate worship and fined your church $10,000. Would you give us an update on that, please? Yeah, so what happened? We had a midnight Christmas candlelight service. So on Christmas Eve, people showed up, and then, you know, we honored the Lord on his birthday. And um, and so uh, some really, what was unfortunate, some really backslidden, bitter people that used to be in church uh, took a picture, got a picture of it, and it, and then they started posting it everywhere. And it went, and went viral, I guess. And so then... Uh, a few days later, our state sends us uh, two certified letters, I believe, saying that the state's going to fine us 5000 and OSHA's going to fine us 5000 for breaking the COVID mandate. Oh so goodness. one of them was that we went above the 25% that she allowed for churches to have, and the other one was we don't force people to wear masks. And so my policy has always been, if you want to wear one, wear one. If you don't, you don't. I am not the mask police. I refuse to be a law enforcement officer 
um, for anyone unless they're willing to give me a badge and a gun. And so <laughs> anyway, so we received those fines and then we've gotten with attorneys locally here and then uh, Liberty Council, Matt Staver's group has helped us a ton. And uh, we just filed our response the other day and the response was brilliant. These attorneys are brilliant. Excellent. And, um, and so now the state knows they're in a big fight. We're not paying them. If you start paying these things to the state, then they own you. You have, yep. to, you, you, you have to say, no, you don't have a right to restrict my religious freedoms. Well, also, they not only own you, it's like an admission of being wrong for holding a service to worship Jesus Christ. Absolutely, and I, and I feel strongly about it. So, you know, I always uh, say uh, I live in communist New Mexico. Um, November 13th, um, you know, in the New York Times, I believe it was when they came out and said we were the most locked down state in all of America. And then she, that same day, she doubled down on it, uh, on, on that, doubled down on it. And, and, and what she ended up saying was these big box stores can only have 75 people in. And so she turned our state into modern day bread lines where people stood in line for an hour, two, two and a half hours just to get in a store to buy supplies, oh food, goodness. groceries, get their prescriptions. Wow. Um, you know, I've, I've got to share this, Pastor Steve. You put a post up on your Facebook page, um, and I mean, let me just get over to the link there and remind people uh, what it is. It's facebook.com, Steve Smotherman, A-B-Q, and that's Albuquerque. Um, and this is where I saw that. I'm going, you've got to be exaggerating. You said uh, the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Luan Grisham, told NBC we were selfish. This is coming from the lady who made the sick and elderly stand in modern-day bread lines just to get groceries. She called us selfish for having a peaceful protest to celebrate the birth of Jesus that people voluntarily chose to attend. And then you went down this list, uh, Steve, of what Legacy Church has been doing during the lockdowns, what the congregation has been giving there and, and volunteering. We're talking about feeding uh, Feed New Mexico kids, donating to Veterans uh, Integration Center, also Make-A-Wish New Mexico. Um, you're helping people with hospital bills. Uh, all these things, masks for the Navajo Nation, uh, local launches partnering with Central Grill and Steel Bridge Ministries, helping the elderly, family packages, donating blood, and serving families through Roadrunner Food Bank. Could you put—I I know you don't probably toot your own horn, horn very often, but I would love for you to share, because a lot of churches have kind of been feeling con restrained and kind of constricted on what they do as a ministry just because we're locked down. So please share this in context. Well, I mean, you know, we just decided that, that <laughs> you know, Jesus opened the church uh, 2,000 years ago, and he never told me to close it. And um, we can't stop being the church because of, of for any reason. I don't, I don't care if it's the so-called pandemic that, that, that they're pushing or virus or whatever. And we just decided as a church, we're going to continue to be that. And so we, we just continue to do what we, we always do, help people. So what we did, we we tried to find more ways to help them. I mean, in here, I don't even, you know, it's eighty thousand for lunches. It's probably more than that um, for kids because uh, we kids, you know, weren't getting food at school because our schools have been closed since last March, and we just found new ways to to help people, and that's what we did. We just mm -hmm. got together and said, how can we help our community? How can we help people? And and even those food boxes for families. It seems so easy, but that one care package will feed a single 
elderly person for seven days. Wow. And if you're two people, it'll feed you for four to five days, depending on how much you eat. So what we're talking about, we just decided, how can we be the church? How can we, how can we reach out and show compassion and love to our community and tell people God does care? Mm-hmm. And I love what you said at the end of that um, note on your Facebook page. Some people decided to slow down, but we decided to speed up uh, during this uh, lockdown. Because even in Wisconsin, where we're at, uh, there's a lot of churches that either closed once, opened up again, and then closed again. But Or there are some churches that are still closed, Steve. And, And as you and I were talking before we got on the air here, have, doing a video, a teaching is great. You can learn, you can hear great teaching videos online, but that is not ecclesia. That's not the church, is it? No, it's not. I mean, you know, here's the thing about online that I think everybody, we all ought to realize. It's a tool. It, it's, it's not a replacement of church. Mm. It's a tool. So if you're not Amen. feeling well, you're sick, hey, we want you to stay home. Use that. You're on vacation. You mean, your work, you, can't, you just can't make it for whatever reason then use that as a tool. But what's happening in the body of Christ, people are using it as a replacement for attending church. Mm. And and the Bible is very clear. We have to gather together. He didn't say gather together unless, you know, the government tells you you can't or if, if a pandemic happens. I mean, he didn't put any stipulations on it or exemptions. He just said, you know what, don't. And, and, when, and when, the, when they were talking about gathering together, uh, in Hebrews, when they when it was talking about it, man, these people were being persecuted. Some of them would be put to death and beaten and in prison, and 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 they still said, "Don't stop gathering together," as is the habit of some. And my firm belief is, we have to keep the doors open. We have to remain the church. We have to remain vigilant, um, because if we don't, we'll lose our rights. And once you lose your rights um, to a, 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 this type of government, you never will get them back. That's exactly right. So uh, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, I think uh, when other pastors stand up like you've been doing, it really encourages the faith of uh, those other church leaders that are kind of wondering how to approach this. And I'm thankful for the American Family Association, um, which is interesting. Not only did I get an email from them last year to tell me about that uh, um, Liberty Pastors um, in the the conference we had in uh, Texas, but they are doing an action alert to try to petition, get p- people to sign this petition to support your church. And uh, there's another church in this. I forgot the name right now, but there's two churches that the governor there in New Mexico is fining $10,000. And they said that Governor Grisham is clearly violating religious freedoms of churches and Christians in her state by mandating how, when, and where Christians should practice their faith. Tell Governor Grisham to drop the charges and fines against Legacy Church and Calvary Church. Take action now. So you can go to American Family Association, AFA.net, and you can sign that petition. Um, Steve, what advice would you give to other pastors who may be listening in different states? Maybe their lockdowns haven't affected them yet, but we're hearing about another wave coming and COVID-21, all this stuff that may happen in the near future. What advice can you give them and when they've got to make decisions as church leaders? Um, you know, I would I would simply just say, um, either we're called to be the church or we're not. And you know, Jesus didn't shrink back at people getting sick. And I think we should open up safe, sane, and spiritual. Um, and I what I mean by safe is take some precautions. You know, do some things. I wouldn't go overboard, but you know what? 
take the temperatures of your kids going into classrooms. That'll protect them, and they're the least vulnerable. You know, um, if your people want to wear masks, let them. If they don't, don't force them. Don't fight um, over that. Don't make that a, a, a potential issue. And if you have a big, huge group that says, we're not coming, we don't wear masks, fine. You know, you do what you need to do. But the doors of the house will not be closed to anybody. There'll always be room in our inn. And so I just think pastors, if I can encourage them, hey, be be what you're called to be. You're called to be a leader. Leadership is not developed when everything's good. Real leadership stands out when things aren't good, when it's tough, when it could cost you something. And, and realize that um, God's church moves forward. And if you built a church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you built a crowd, the gates of hell will prevail against it. And so you have to decide, even make that decision. Hey, we're going to have a church. We're going to be smart about this thing. And, and But we're going to keep our doors open. We're going to let people come who want to worship God and be a part of the church and help us reach more people. So I would just encourage them to... Ask God for courage and boldness and and just stand for um, your religious freedoms. And and when the world bashes you, don't be moved by it. You know, the thing about us, we've been criticized by who knows who all over the country, all over the world. We've gotten emails and phone calls. and, And you have to develop an attitude that says, I just don't care what they say. I care about what God's Word says. Amen. And I care about reaching people for the lost. That, that's where we have to hold the line. And, 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 you know, how many people, I said to our church the other day when these fines came out, 2,500 people since May, because we did close down for a little bit, and I, and, you know, because no one knew and the, the president asked us to. And I said, okay. And then, then we decided we're not going to keep closed in, any longer. So in May, since May to the end of the month or to the end of December, we had about 2,500 people that made decisions for Christ. Mm. And, and, and I'm thinking that's 2,500 people that might have lost their eternity because we closed our doors. And they said, well, you can reach them online. Let me tell you something. Online viewership is different than in church. Yep. You can get up. You can go to the restroom. You can go get some coffee. You can talk a little bit because it's just you and your immediate family or you and whoever you're with. And, and so it's a, it's a whole different ballgame. And, and so I would just encourage pastors, stand up and do the right thing. You know... Follow God, not man, and and whatever God says to you, and and because really, uh, my concern for the body of Christ is we're, we're going to give up our freedoms, and we're going to let the world dictate if we're relevant or not, and and then if, if if the world decides we're not relevant, then we're not relevant. We have to know we're relevant because God's word says so. I, and I when wanna... you have that resolve in you, you'll take a stand and you'll mm-hmm. fight. You'll you'll just. And when I say fight, fighting the good fight of faith. Yes. When, when did it ever said it was going to be easy? And, mm-hmm. and, and we've just had it so easy in America, right? No persecution, no anything. And, and the first time we're persecuted, man, in my, in my humble opinion, as a whole, the church has faltered. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's pockets of churches that are standing up. Thank God that, you know, for them. But, man, a lot of them just, just said, well, we have to obey the state, and we have to obey the governor, and, we have to obey the laws of the land because the Bible says so. My question is, the guy who wrote it, the Apostle Paul, why did he get put to death if he was just obeying all the laws of man? Mm, exactly. I, I, I just don't get it. I'm like, guys, he didn't mean obey without thinking or processing or violating the Word of God. And we have to start getting into the Word and, 
and really understanding what it says because if we don't, then we don't have a firm foundation. And so I would encourage every pastor, take a stand, do the right thing, keep your churches open because if the world knows that the church as a whole is not going to back down, then you know what that brings? That brings credibility to us in a great way. Amen. Because they're saying at least they really believe what they say. Yeah, and unfortunately we see after last year what, how the world looks at the church as unessential or non-essential, and that is absolutely the opposite. The health of a nation spiritually and in every other way is so is based on the strength and health of the church. The church is essential, but yet people look at us as, oh yeah, well the churches don't need to be open. And so for for pastors that are just allowing this, I'm glad you spoke some truth and encouragement to them about we must obey God rather than man and be the church. So again, Steve, thank you for your stand. Um, we've got three minutes or before we have to take another break and. I haven't talked a lot with you about education, uh, homeschooling or Christian education, but there's some good news. This report came out, at least in one headline I saw, that a federal court favored Ohio Christian schools in lawsuit over forced COVID closures. So this was some good news, and this was the uh, U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. They granted an injunction against their uh, Toledo uh, Health Department after officials ordered the closures of Lucas County schools, including public, private, charter, and uh, other institutions. But this, the, apparently the, it was overturned, and now a group of Christian schools can open when they were forced to close. So there are some good things, but, man, it's not just the churches. It's the Christian schools and nonprofits that have to fight this. And I'm sure you've heard of some cases in maybe in your area, New Mexico, Christian schools. Have you heard anything about those? Well, we have a Christian school, so this is the first year we have our senior class, so it's our first senior class, and so we have K-4 through uh, uh, seniors now, awesome. 12th grade, and so, yes, and, and our governor, one thing she did say when people were asking her about when she closed the public schools, because our public schools have been closed since um, whenever they closed in March, uh, and, and they're still closed today, um, she said, I have no jurisdiction over private schools, and so... Um, I believe that that we, again, we should teach our kids and train our kids. It, you know what? Just because someone says it doesn't make it true. We're going to follow the scriptures. And so, yeah, I believe in Christian education and homeschoolers that are, are able to do that, um, that are already doing that. And so, yeah, we, we just haven't had any pushback on that. Thank God for that. Yeah, thank God. You're fortunate. All right, well, so there are some good uh, headlines coming out because there are some good cases. A lot of the cases that have gone to court, Steve, it seems like um, the decisions more often than not err or, or not err on the side, but they ended up on the side of the religious freedom. In other words, supporting the religious freedoms that we have. Have you not noticed that as well? I have, and you know, we still have a case, and I can't remember the last time when I talked to you. We were, uh, we still have our case in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, that Liberty Council is helping our local attorneys. Um, you know, uh, send their briefs in on that. And so, yes, and, and, and so we, we have heard, and I do keep up with a lot of cases that have been won. I mean, look at L.A. County. That that mayor there put took off all restrictions yep. off churches and just suggested, said, if you we're just going to give you some suggestions, but they can be wide open if they want because um, of the Supreme Court rulings that have come down. And, and so, yeah, there is some good news. 
um, but it only comes from people who are willing to stand up for the word and for the kingdom and put it first. That's that's the bottom line. These guys are fighters. They're like, man, you're not going to dictate to us. We're gonna we're gonna worship God the way we want to worship God. I mean, that's that's what makes this country great. We're with Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. We've got a lot more to talk about with him, talking about a quote I just recently saw in a video from a pastor about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. We'll talk about that. Plus, big tech censorship and Christians and conservatives, where are we going to go if they continue to shut down Christian or conservative social media platforms? And then we've got to remind people of where German poet Martin Niemöller famously stood in his day when he was against the Nazis. So more with Steve Smotherman when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I love his attitude toward the battle because we know that it's not only physical in this country. It is spiritual at its core, and there's warfare this time in our lives that we probably have never seen before. But um, Pastor Matt Truella is with uh, Missionaries of the Preborn. And Steve, I wanted to get your take on, I, th- I believe, some provocative words. He just put out a four-minute video, and he teaches a lot about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. And here's what he said. It's not true that violence is always wrong. And he's referring to 1776, for example. He said, violence is a tool. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Christian men have understood this down through the ages. And when you read the writings of the early churchmen, they wrote about just wars. And when you look at so many churchmen over the centuries, they died on fields of battle. Christian men have always viewed pacifism as heresy because it is. And the reason the little slogan violence is always wrong, has any footing here in America in our day is because we are a weak, effeminate, pathetic, wealth-drunk, materialistic-driven society that's soft and full of ease. The truth of the matter is, when you look at the history of nations, almost all of them were founded in the midst of violence and bloodshed, end quote. And that's Pastor Matt Truella. Steve, he made this little brief uh, statement in a video because of what happened at the U.S. State Capitol uh, last week. And I would just love for you to share your thoughts on not only what you just heard from the quote, but what happened last week. Well, I, I love the quote, um, and I, I, I do believe that. I do believe that in our prosperity, um, you know, whether it's inferred or taught, um, one of the reasons that the church has had a hard time getting men is because men sometimes think when they're lost and they come to church, I have to be effeminized, and we want them to be effeminate. And um, and what what that does is that that brings up uh, you become a pacifist, and you become uh, where you don't think that there's never a good time to fight. And so I I love it because I I believe wholeheartedly in his his statement that um, that's the Church of America. Um, our weakness is 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 the prosperity or, quote, unquote, um, what people call the blessing of God, and, and mm. it's made us weak and unwilling to fight. Mm. And um, and what's sad is the church doesn't even know when it's in a fight today. I mean, you hit me and, you know, pop me in my eye, 
I know I'm in a fight, and I have to decide whether I'm in a fight or not. What's sad is the church is being just pummeled, and we don't even realize we're still we're even in a fight. So mm-hmm. I do uh, agree with what he says. And, and the thing that happened at the Capitol uh, the, the other day um, is unfortunate in one way, and then I'm probably going to be controversial. You know, something inside of me said, it's about time someone stood up and fought back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't want people to die, and I'm not saying that. And, and and yet we know there was Antifa people in there. Um, I don't yep. believe any of the, 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 I don't know what they've proven, but um, we know Antifa people went in um, and, and Trump people went in, or they called them Trump people. Um, and, and But I do believe, and I don't believe we should just go, you know, shooting people like that, but I do believe that it, it shows the unrest in America. It shows that we're not as ungodly as the media wants uh, to make it sound like. It, it, it shows that there's a lot of frustration. And these policies from the left and the progressive left, these policies that are so damning to um, our freedom of religion, and, and if we don't walk in their narrative, then they silence us. It's, it, it's time we stood up. Yes. How we stand up, I mean, that's what the Second Amendment was all about, right? Mm-hmm. To take back our republic if it even is a republic anymore. And and so, you know, unfortunate that people lost their lives um, in, in that manner. But but they don't even know who really did all of that. Yep. And and so, you know, they just want to blame Trump because that's the narrative of the day. Blame Trump for everything. And um, your dog is ugly because of Donald Trump was president at the time. You know, <laughs> they, they, they never, the, the, the absurdity of this never uh, uh, stops. And... So, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm a fighter by nature uh, when I feel like there's injustice. And, I, uh, and so, you know, I, I think that the, the left ought to look out um, because uh, America as a whole is not going to be punished more by these ungodly policies. There's, there's going to be a reckoning somewhere, somehow. Mm-hmm. Either in this life or the next, right, Pastor Steve? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there'll be a reckoning somewhere. <laughs> yes, Um you brought up the Second Amendment, and I, I have my theories on what happened there at the Capitol. I know that uh, there's a lot of Antifa thugs that impersonated Trump supporters by wearing the MAGA hats and all that. We know that took place. Uh, we don't have every case documented because there's almost a million people there from what I understand. But going back to the Second Amendment, I mean, Joe Biden is on record now saying he will defeat the NRA— while in office. And, and there are many concerning statements coming from this man that's going to be really uh, influenced heavily by the radical left and Democrat socialists and the environmentalists and everybody else. But is that statement about the NRA and the Second Amendment, does that concern you? I'm sure it does. Oh, it absolutely concerns me. And let me, let me back up here. Uh, Biden and Harris and all these people, we, 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 at some point the church got to call it what it is. The Bible says, my fight is not with flesh and blood, but Amen. with the principalities and powers and mights and rulers of darkness of this age, that we cast down vain imaginations, that, that my weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And, and what we need to realize is we're not just fighting the man, we're fighting the, the thing that's influencing that man, which is the devil. The spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well in these people. And so Christians and people who really believe, we need to pray and take authority over all this stuff. And it is concerning because that's the only way we can defend 
our freedoms and our constitution. You you take away everybody's weapons and they're at the mercy of the government. If you're going to be on the government side or the wrong side, you can't walk down any street in America and, and not realize you're going to be assaulted by, by major weapons, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so <clears throat> it's what keeps us safe. Yeah. And so I'm a strong Second Amendment. I'm a strong on, on the Constitution as a whole. And, and I think that um, we're fighting a, a spiritual battle. We're fighting against the, 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 the Bible says the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world at work. And, and you know, the, these people aren't being influenced by God. Even the way they handle COVID, um, you know, if you look biblically, God never quarantined the healthy. He quarantined the sick. Yes. They just quarantined everybody and ruined the economy, ruined people's lives. Um, you know, in our state, we're either number one or number two in suicide. And, wow. and and why why but they never address those things. Nope. They don't. They don't. And because they they don't have they don't have any any they don't care about people. They just care about power. And uh, so I I do believe that um our second amendment freedoms is what protects us in the long run. You know, there's crisis fatigue is a very real thing that we understand what that means and 2020 was one of those years historic in my lifetime. As far as crisis, one it seemed one after the other, but it started off with the impeachment, impeachment attempts and efforts by the left to try to impeach Trump, and, and they were doing this for four years. Steve, one thing I get very upset about, well, first of all, the media, which you know we are trying to get people to some the better better sources of media and news, but one thing I'm very upset about is the double standards that seem to have been accepted now in this country, even by Christians, because we're tired. Of fighting. So, for example, when people come and say, well, you know, Trump should just, you know, let, let you know, Biden take over and do whatever, just uh, go, go away quietly and not fight this. And the Republicans in office, they shouldn't. And we're thinking, what did they just put us through for four years of constant gridlock, opposition and attacks, literal attacks? In fact, the, the media, I believe, is complicit in some of the rhetoric they've used and they blame all. Any violence on the, the right, on Republicans or on Christians or on Trump supporters, just your quick thoughts on that, that, that we are starting to back down. We're giving into these narratives. You know what? The Bible says we cannot grow weary in well-doing. You know, that's always been taught because of our modern culture. Um, don't grow weary in well-doing um, as don't, don't stop serving God. But... It's so much bigger than that, right? I mean, when we look at where we're at in the world today, it's so much bigger than that. We cannot allow ourselves to grow weary in fighting the good fight, to lay hold on eternal life. We, we, we as believers can never stop that. We know the media is corrupt. We know the media, um, if you don't um, uh, follow along in their narrative, I mean, they, they, they write their stories, then they report on their stories and with the with the way they want to report on them, right? So yep. um, we, we, we can't, as believers and as even people that aren't believers that support Trump, we can never grow weary in well-doing. And again, that's what we talked about a little earlier. You've talked about it. Um, I, I commented a little bit on it. You know, for some reason, um, people think when you become a Christian, you become weak and wimpy. <laughs> you become a sissy. Huh. And, and any kind of pushback today in our culture is wrong because it's the, you need to go along to get along. The church was never called to be in a popularity contest. Hmm. We were called to affect the culture with the truth of the gospel. And how do we ever grow weary in that? So when they say Trump should just give up, my question is why? 
it's his life. Who knows? If he gives up without a fight, that guy could lose everything. They'll try to put his family in jail. They will. They could probably try to take away his businesses and his money. Who knows what these radical people would do? Mm-hmm. And and so if he wants to fight, fight. That's his prerogative. That's his right. And um and so I give him that right. And and I'll pray for him. And I'll pray for truth to come out. Yeah. And but but we cannot grow weary in well doing. We we. You know, I'm COVID-weary. I was COVID-weary after the first two weeks when they said, just give us two weeks and yeah. you can go back to your life. Now we're at 10 months. Yeah. And wasn't we're the, still not back to our lives. I was going to say, almost. that's almost almost a year ago. And wasn't it 14 days to flatten the curve? Um, I want to quote this. I just I got this from Heidi St. John. She's a, a Christian sister up there in Washington, another you know state that's dealing with a radical governor. And she's a homeschooler and a religious freedom advocate. And she shared this uh, meme by conservative babes. And they say, using a pandemic, the left has locked us inside our homes and forced us to attempt to conduct our business online, also reducing the size of our world, forcing us to communicate virtually. Now they are restricting our ability to communicate at all in this new online world. Um, Steve, another disturbing story that we're seeing, the left is not just coming after Trump and Republicans in Washington. Uh, They're coming after us because, for example, to go along with what I just read, the new story from uh, ABC News political director, he talked about cleansing the Trump movement. And I want to share this quote with you guys, and then Steve gets your response. It's dangerous as far as free speech in America. Um, Rick Klein said, Trump will be an ex-president in 13 days. This was a few days ago. The fact is that getting rid of Trump is the easy part. Cleansing the movement he commands is going to be something else. So what exactly did Klein mean by cleansing? Uh, Isn't this disturbing language, Steve? And and this is what the media now is openly saying. Oh, it is disturbing. So if if some Trump supporter would have said, we need to cleanse um, the radical left, progressive left, ungodly movement, you know, they, they would have been like, oh, they want to kill him. They yep. want to destroy him. You know, who knows what he really is referring to? But here's the reality. They can never cleanse a, a movement like this because really, um, if, a, if the evangelical church would ever rally and be the church it's supposed to, you, you know, there's been bigger people than ABC and, and this liberal uh, Democrat uh, caucus uh, try to come after the church, and and when it was all said and done, the church is still here. And if we're smart, the church grows under persecution. Yep. And so, because people are seeking, and and I don't know what he meant, but but it's an awful statement. It's like we cling, uh, you know, Obama. We cling to our guns and religion. I say that quite often from the pulpit. I said, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I do cling to my guns and religion. Mm-hmm. And um and I think we just got to start owning some things. But this is this is dangerous, and our. When you talk about freedom of speech, there is no freedom of speech. There's only freedom of speech if you agree with this progressive left, the media's narrative. And when you don't, they attack. And and, and what's sad is when people get attacked enough, because we're in this world, I think, of wanting to be liked. It's it's this, I just want to be liked, and I want to be loved. And, and, and I'm, when we get into that movement, we're, we're willing to, to slow our speech um, because it's it's not received, and we we have to stand up for our right to say what we want to say. Amen. Uh, 
I have a quote from Dr. Francis Schaeffer uh, from 1982. And he said, we must understand something very thoroughly. If the state gives the rights, it can take them away. They're not inalienable. If the state gives rights, they can change them and manipulate them. But the founding fathers believed there was a creator and that this creator gave inalienable rights. That is what has given us the freedoms which we still have. We are losing those freedoms and we can expect to continue to lose them if this other worldview continues to take increased force and power in our country. Francis Schaeffer said that in 1982. Pastor Steve, wow. he was uh, almost he was prophetic in many ways, wasn't he? Oh yeah, and and you know what? You, you listen to those things that were said all those years ago, and what was happening back then compared to what was happening t- today, they're just relevant. They're they're God-inspired yep. words that are relevant to the day, and uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a crazy time we live in. The church needs to be the church, and we cannot apologize any longer. All these other movements, like the seeker movement that's out there and don't offend anybody and i just want to make you happy and feel good you know the bible does say in the last days that uh, you know mental heap up teachers and themselves having itching ears but yep. we've seen that but here's what it won't do the itching ear gospel if you want to use that term will not change your life or save your life or help your life mm. um, it'll make you feel good for moments but now you're in a tug of war you're in a fight for your freedoms and now what, what's in you will come out. And if you have no Word of God in you, then nothing can come out. And so, you know, let God raise up real leaders today. Because the leaders of yesterday will not be the leaders of today. Or the leaders of yesterday will not be our leaders going forward tomorrow. Yeah. Um, because they faltered. They, they backpedaled. They, they, um, they wimped out. Yeah. And, and they just went along and said, we're going to obey everything else. Not even thinking that we're disobeying God's and God's command. How does the Great Commission work when you're locked up inside your house? Yeah. Amen. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and we got to get His Word in us first. And one of the things when you were talking, I was thinking about youth today, leaders of tomorrow are those who are in our schools today. But what they're teaching the kids today is a very anti-American themed education. It's really education has been, or history has been revised, rewritten, edited, and they're learning a completely different education than what you and I learned when we were in school, Steve. We've got just a minute left, but if you want to uh, wrap up with a comment about that. Well, the, the public school system has been indoctrinating our children for, for uh, many, many years. They're not educating them, and um, that's why we keep going lower when you look at the, you know, when I was in school, I think we were first in education when you and I were probably in school, and America was great, and they taught us, you know, uh, the Constitution. They taught us the Bill of Rights, and and today, you know, there's an anti-American sentiment sentiment that I believe is brought on again by the spirit of the Antichrist that that's in the world working through men that somehow to be to be blessed, to be prosperous, to be like different nations is evil, and that's what's being taught to our kids, and that's the fight. The, they they went after our kids and indoctrinated this whole group of people that are now voting. Yeah. They're making decisions. They're running these companies. This is the byproduct of this. Hate America and hate God. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. Yep. Things like the cancel culture that we've seen uh, last year, taking down historic uh, statues and federal monuments. That's what comes from this type of education. We are with Pastor Steve Smotherman. We've got to take another quick break, and we'll be back with a whole lot more on Stand Up for the Truth. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're back with Pastor Steve Smotherman, and before we mention Parler, and we are going to touch on uh, the sad story uh, coming out, the revelations about Ravi Zacharias. We need to address that. This podcast is called Stand Up For The Truth, and we want to be fair and accurate as much as possible. But Frank Gaffney is a president of Center for Security Policy. He recently said German poet Martin Niemöller famously described how the Nazis achieved absolute power, warning, first they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. He remained silent, and then when they came for other groups of which he was also not a part, um, he didn't speak. But when they came for him, there was no one left to help. I'm sure you've heard the story. Partisans whose totalitarian tendencies are becoming ever more apparent are now coming for Donald Trump and his supporters. They seek the president's immediate removal from office, and in the meantime, they're eliminating his and his allies' access to communications platforms. They're ramping up economic warfare against like-minded businesses and are threatening any that might serve or hire Trump-tied individuals. You may not be affected so far, but make no mistake, unless this stops, they will in due course come for you. And Steve, I'm looking at the article where Parler w- was suspended from Amazon, Apple, Google, and a CEO says it is a coordinated attack by the tech giants. For those of you that don't know, Parler is a social media platform where conservatives could go and not be censored, unlike Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Google. So your, th- your thoughts to wrap up this uh, topic on censorship and big tech and the discrimination against believers? Well, it's, a, it's an assault on our freedom of speech, on the First Amendment of the Constitution, and you take away the First Amendment and everything else, you know, especially the first two, and everything else crumbles. And, um, and so we, we, again, we talked, you know, we talked about this, that um, we're in a fight. This is a warfare. And they're trying to silence our voice, and um, you know because the world doesn't believe in absolutes. And when you when you remove absolute truth, absurdity reigns. And so the church hasn't even stood up for the word of God. You know, there's so many different groups, and mm-hmm. they've become liberal, and so they've given up their voice. And so we have to we have to be vigilant. We have to be diligent and understand this is this is an assault on your ability. Listen, when they take away freedom of speech. We can no longer say Jesus is the only way. People don't realize what's happening here. So they're they're using it as a way to silence uh, people from having an opinion. And and it's just ungodly. It's wrong. And and we we have to stand up. You know, I heard that Parler, they were going to treat Parler that way. So many conservatives and people uh, that have differing opinions than the the liberal left um, have been removed from Twitter. We all know that. And it's, it's dangerous. And as Christians... We have to go back and begin to pray and and say, God, you need to lead us and guide us. Mm. And we have to find other ways to communicate with like-minded believers, patriot pastors, freedom-loving Americans. Uh, We have to go back to email, maybe text messages, maybe the old phone call, but we've got to get people's contact information because social media may be a thing where we might be uh, phased out of as Christians and conservatives. Steve, sorry, just a couple more minutes, um, less than 10 minutes now, but we wanted to talk about Ravi Zacharias and and the sad news, of course, of his death. 
last year uh, just uh, affected a, a lot of us who have followed his ministry. I've quoted him quite a bit. And just one of the many articles that have come out recently, um, Breakpoint, uh, John Stone Street said, Like so many others, I'm devastated. Ravi was not only a significant personal influence for me, he was a great friend of this ministry. And he said at last year, when there were initial allegations that had been investigated and dismissed, he said, we trusted the information provided to us. We were wrong. I believed and shared excuses for Ravi's behavior, and in doing that, I misled others. So he didn't do that purposely, of course, but right now we have to just acknowledge the fact that another Christian leader apparently fell into sin, and it was sexual misconduct over the course of many years, and this has now been proven in a case. So Ravi Zacharias, uh, the sexual misconduct um, allegations were now uh, true, and we are disappointed. And of course, last year, I believe it was, Carl Lentz, pastor of Hillsong, the, quote, celebrity pastor, uh, he's had affairs, and of course, his behavior was questionable for the last many years. Ravi Zacharias, a, a different personality and a different ministry, you know, apologetics. But Steve, your thoughts on these men, particularly Ravi, and uh, how do we approach this as the church? Well, I mean, as the church, we, we have to get in our minds, I don't follow man, I follow God. And and I was in the body of Christ when Baker and Swaggart and all them fell, and, yeah. and people say, man, I'm not going to church anymore, I'm not going to serve God anymore. And I, I remember looking at them, and I'm thinking, why? What does that have to do with you serving God? Exactly. When you put your trust in man, you're, you're always going to be disappointed because we're, we're fallible. We, we have a sin nature. And, and you know, Ravi was a man, and he had uh, some issues. And he was, you know, he, he, and who could he go to? I mean, I go back to this, too. Who could he go back to and say, listen, man, I'm struggling with lust. I'm struggling with this. Um, and, and so I, I think we ought to be as smart as a, a dumb old cow, if I can use that term. <laughs> eat, the hay, eat the hay and leave the sticks. I used to hear that uh, from Bible school I went to from a, a person there. And I, I, I've always used it because, listen, just because he was a, a man, uh, he messed up, uh, doesn't mean that what he taught wasn't true. Yes. And, and we, we have to go back and say, okay, yeah, I'm disappointed because I thought better of him than that. But you know what? That doesn't change the truth that he spoke and the stands that he took. Yeah, did he make a mistake? Sure he did. Did he blow it? I guess, according to this. So my issue would be he's not here to even to defend himself. Yes. And, um, and I, think, I think it's like, hey, God, you know what? You forgive me for my sins. You forgive him for his. Hopefully he got it right. And, and you know what? We're going to go on. We're going to be as smart as that dumb old cow. I'm going to eat the hay and leave the sticks. And it doesn't... It doesn't uh, diminish the, the teachings and the st- stands he took and the people he's helped. And, and I, so I have a, a little maybe different view than a lot of people. I'm not ready to yell crucify him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, I realize he's a man, and yet he, he messed up. You know, a lot of men do. And, um, and God was merciful and, and still used him mightily. Yes. Uh, even when he was messing up. Yeah. And so we, we have to rely on God and say, God, I'll put my trust in you, not man. And and I really do think that's the approach. Pray for his family and his yes. wife, his kids, his grandkids. They have to be heartbroken. Yeah. Um, and then they can't, and he's not here to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the tough part. And uh, he's not here to say, tell us your side. And and so I, I think we ought, to, we ought to be very careful in the body of Christ condemning and, and just, you know, just 
throwing everything away, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and and say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll I I can hear what he said. I couldn't follow his life now, yeah. But man, I, you know, I I could follow uh, his teachings some, and I so I don't I don't know where the balance is in that, but that's the way I think about it. I, I agree with you, Pastor Steve. I think. Um John Stone Street over at Breakpoint said, said, is it possible to separate the good that they've done and the truth that they've taught from the person and their sin? And um, RZIM leadership confirmed the allegations and promised a full and thorough final report. So we don't want to discuss details. Uh, not that it's gossip, but it apparently it's now uh, in a, a case that is coming out. But um, we're disappointed when any man falls, but I th- here's what I think. There but for the grace of God go I. Um, I've been tempted. I've fallen, and not to the extent that some of these other uh, people have through years of a behavior. But what I think Christians have a hard time wrapping their minds around, Steve, is someone like Carl Lentz. I mean, I mean you saw some of the fruit. And some of his questionable behavior, I think going in a bar with Justin, uh, whatever his name is, Bieber. Justin Bieber and doing shots or whatever, um, wearing the the, the the holy jeans and just being cool and hip with the leather jacket and just his, you know, rubbing arms with Hollywood, going on Oprah or whatever and and not uh, he, he caving to whether homosexuality was a sin. And you look at that fruit and you go, man, I wish uh, pastors would just have a backbone and, and have better fruit and have more integrity. But then you look at Ravi Zacharias and you go, this man, it's just his, it seemed like he carried himself with just such a different grace and professionalism and almost like uh, humility. So we have to just acknowledge the work that he did and the biblical truths that he taught. They don't change because of his actions, and that should be a lesson to any of us who are in leadership. Uh, agreed. I, that, then, and you probably, you said it much more eloquent than I did. I. I, I truly believe that my trust is not in man. I and, and I know quite a few people, and you know quite a few people. And and you know, if they were my friends and they fell, I'd still be their friend. Um, if they were repentant, and yeah. so we don't know if he was repentant. I mean, Carl Lance and all those guys in his world. You know, <laughs> I have a teaching I'm putting together uh, for when I at a conference I was going to do, and it got canceled. But I'm going to do it one day. We're we're called to be pastors, not trendsetters. And so Carl Lentz is another whole thing. He was trying to be this cool guy, trendsetters. I never knew God was calling us to be cool. Ravi taught a sound doctrine, man. Yeah. He taught the Bible. And, and the truth is still the truth whether he's perfect or not. And, you know, he, he messed up apparently, they said. And, uh, you know, how about someone who, who's in the pulpit that's a gossiper and preaching truth that, um, you know, that criticizes everybody and demeans people and hurts people that way? That'll never be in the limelight because that's considered okay, uh, but this other stuff is. But it doesn't, it doesn't do away with the good he did. Mm. And, and, and the body of Christ has a hard time as, uh, separating the man from the calling. And, yeah. and I think we, we ought to be very careful because you said it, uh, but the, by the grace of God, the grace of God there go I. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm going to be merciful because my God is merciful. And you know what? I need his mercy on my life. Yes. And thank God, Steve, his mercies are new every morning. We've got a minute and a half left with you. I love what you just said, that we are called to be pastors, not trend setters, because the church, some churches, I should say, I don't want to 
put a blanket over the Christian church in America, we've fallen into this idea of giving people what the what they want instead of what they need. And that means entertaining in ways and giving them entertainment instead of hard truths from from the Word of God. Um, uh, you know what? I, I we, we could do a whole other podcast on that, and I think we better because we've got a minute left. But if you could just give us some, just some closing thoughts on your concern about the culture and the church going forward with, with what's happening in Washington and just how we must stay on our solid foundation. Well, I mean, you, you said it. The church, uh, it's all about an experience. That's what you heard, Pat. We're not going to open up because we can't give them the same experiences. Yeah. And so pastors shouldn't be trendsetters. We, we shouldn't try to be cool or hip because that doesn't get people saved. And so, uh, and, and what's happening in the church, God always judges the church first. Mm. I think the, that God could be using this to really correct the church, and then he begins to correct the world. And because we we become so much like the world that all this stuff that's happening in Washington, we he, I, I want to sum it up like this. Christians who are true believers ought to be careful siding with the enemy over the, the Word of God, over mm. God's kingdom. And and I do believe that God appointed Donald Trump, and I do believe he did a ton of good for churches, more than any other president combined in my lifetime. Yes. All yes. The pre- and so we ought to be very careful um, condemning him. We might not like some of the things he says or his ways, but what's happening in Washington is 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 is, is chaos. It's it's evil. It's wrong, and and the church has to stand up and be that light on the hill, mm-hmm. uh, so that people can see there's there's a better way. There's a there's there is truth. There is absolute truth, and so um, we need to pray for what's happening in our country. We need to pray for the truth to come out. We need to pray for God's protection uh, because, you know, the church has been persecuted and we're going to be more persecuted in the days to come if, if the Biden-Harris take over uh, our country. And, and we got to be ready to stand. You, you don't get in shape when you're fixing to run a marathon. You get in shape gradually until you run a marathon. The church needs to be in shape. Amen, brother. Thank you for fighting the good fight of faith. Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church nm.com. God willing, we'll talk to you again soon, Steve. Thank you, brother. And thank you so much for having me on your program. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. When we come back, we'll let you know our guests the rest of the week. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, being with us. I so am encouraged when we get to have guests like Steve Smotherman, and it continues this month. You wait to see our calendar. But tomorrow, we haven't had Pastor Mike Abendroth on in a long time. It's been way too long. No Compromise Radio. He'll be with us tomorrow. And then Friday, you will hear from Pastor uh, Shane Eidelman out in Southern California, the battle that he's fighting with the government there and how he is just a truth proclaimer and defender. I know you guys love men like that. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.